for people who are just joining us, and I would recommend uh, that that people decide to to spend some time with us and and have a little bit of fun. Um, Eric, what would you describe our relationship? We're not we're not friends. We are um, rivals for control of the kingdom of Twitter.com. And where would you say in the in the fiefdoms of Twitter, you and I respectively fall? You mean like what what is our own little you know area of territory? That's what fiefdoms. That's what it means. If you need a dictionary, yeah. You can, well, you no, can I was just up. thinking. Sometimes people try to use big words in. No, no. If you're dumb, if they just don't know say what it. They mean. Um, it's just a, for people like you who are just learning, you know, the Scrabble words. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I sort of see myself as in this crossover space between like Star Wars Twitter, you know, where I sort of came up in the world. That's kind of a formative social media experience for me. Uh, cyber Twitter, obviously, professionally, you know, that's kind of my world now. And then I'd like to think that, you know, I've got a little bit of weird Twitter in there, too. Um, you think I, you qualify for weird Twitter? Yeah, I, I definitely do. I mean, when I was at my previous employer, I wrote a, an oral history of uh, the Shruggy. Uh, the Shruggy, you know, yeah, that the that's beautiful. In fact, if you could just, could you just freeze frame that? Yeah, let me just got that screenshot at that um it's you know it's this combination of what i sort of have to do for work and i enjoy and then what i do for fun and then the sort of toxic whirlpool miasma that i get sucked into in these twitter conversations that inevitably pop up whenever you show up and when when you say you you mean me and the legion of people who are opposed to the evil that you represent I mean you and the ghoulish barbaric hordes that are knocking on the door of my Twitter fiefdom, not unlike Attila the Hun invading Rome. Yeah, that's so, what so I would say. We, we've done a little bit of tete-a-tete -tete here, and, and this has been fun, but this is, this is a mere taste, a mere... Uh, again, it's a sampling use, platter. Yeah. Well, I was going to say a sous-son, but you oh, know, a what, sure, sure, yeah, sure. Um, whatever, you know, a I, certain je ne sais quoi. Yeah. Uh, for you, uh, a, a, a uh, mozzarella stick for me, you know, a charcuterie, you know, oh, is that... <laughs> so, so before when we were doing preparation for this, um, oh, I right. I forgot about this. I just realized this is this is actually cruel to you in two ways. Go on. In, in the in the preparation for this, we were I admitted to Eric, excuse me, I, I, I never say it's I treat your first name kind of like the Washington football team and that I try never to actually say it directly. Sure. So it seems for the same reasons, I assume for Yeah, because of the the, the legacy of, of racism and intolerance. Of course. Um, yeah. The um, yeah, but I so when when Dave and I were doing preparation for this, I admitted to him foolishly, I, I admitted a weak spot in my armor, which is that I have a computer that is not capable of doing the zoom backgrounds. It's as it's as old and tired as its owner, I think. Correct. I, well, I, I am it. very old and tired because I have a child now. Yeah, you're at least gotta be what 50, 55. Pistachio least, Joe is three months old, and I feel like he is he has been with us forever. It is yeah. it is like an eternal 
my wife still, uh, you know, I, I mean, like she's actually huddling him upstairs, like keeping sure. a, yeah. a sock in his mouth so that he can't, you know, scream and ruin this extremely important broadcast. And does it creep you out a little bit that he's already smarter and more mature than, than you, you are? Be? Yes. No. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. You, you left just enough of a pause in there. Okay. So let's, 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 let's back up. Let's back up because, sure. you know, for, for people who are, <laughs> thank you, by the You're way. Welcome. Thank you. It's it's very kind. I of like you. I I enjoyed bragging that my computer can actually do that and yours cannot, but I think we're now ready to return to our pro professional button down. You know, let's do this. Neither of us has worn a button down shirt in months. Let's be honest. That's not true. Actually, you have a a picture on the Facebook uh, invite for this that shows me wearing a button down shirt. So. Oh, and that's where you were getting uh, your um, entrails ev you know, eviscerated by Room Raider. Room Raider said what needed to be said. And if anybody's watching now, they can probably see where that TV hit was conducted. Um, and uh, let's just say that next time it's going to be better. Is is this not next time? No, this is um, actually just something that... You didn't think to do a little that, tidy up or, you know, to maybe... I'm talking about... To give a shit? TV appearances where I'm doing my job and not YouTube podcasts where I I show up because I'm getting the $200 fee, you know, for my appearance, <laughs> but I'm, I'm doing what I'm paid to do and nothing more. I'm not... There's no optional thing for you to say some nice things and get me to try harder. Like, you you paid me the money, I'm here. I mean, I'm like a rodeo clown in that sense. I mean, you're the rodeo clown, but in terms of me showing up for a fee, you know... I actually think... Much... Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd, I think rodeo clown would probably be a step up for the both of us in uh, professionally. Yeah, I mean, uh, rodeo clowns have a better backdrop than you do. No, sure. well, this is... And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is definitely the uh, thematic. I, I, I think we've we've just we've been distracted enough. I think what we need to do here, what what what's very important that we do here is kind of establish what this is and what this isn't. Um, so for the, for the podcast at the table, I have been doing a couple things. Well, for the last few months, I've been trying to do this conversation that's slightly different than what I was able to do when I was a White House reporter and slightly different than what I was Hold able on. to do. Sorry, just want to interrupt briefly. You were a White House reporter? And and slightly different than the, uh, I don't need to answer your questions. Oh, okay. uh, and, yeah. and slightly different than the kind of the strictures that we all fly. In fact, you know, and, and you yourself, I, I mean, we could talk about this at length, I imagine there are things that you just can't say because of your job. You can't tweet about because of your job. And I would like you to say one of them right now. Oh, I'm sorry. Did, did you want me to respond? Could, could you just say that again? I wasn't listening. You just, you just weren't listening. No, I just, could, could you just try that again for like the last, like just go from like 30 seconds ago. Sorry. By the way, this isn't live yet, right? We're just like, no, no, no. Yeah. We're we're really live now. Oh, okay. We're 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 like actually live. This is the live part. This is the part where we're live. Are you are are you not familiar with how this works? Well, you said we were going to do like a live pod. Anyway, no. Go ahead. Ask your question again. I promise I'll pay attention this time. I feel like like I deserve at least a little bit more respect than this. I feel like you don't, but but go ahead. I mean, you were a White House reporter. Those aren't a dime a dozen, so go ahead. No, those are at least 12 cents a dozen, yeah. um, a penny each. Um, so what I was saying is there are some things that would get somebody um, 
there are things you cannot say or tweet because of your job. Correct. Would you say or tweet? Uh, would you say one of them now? Sure. Um, I would probably have to say. Nobody's convinced that your audio cut out. And uh, I mean, how was I supposed to know that the chocolate sauce was, you know, scalding hot? So that's that's what I would say. Do you think anyone believes you that your audio just cut out? I think I have a pretty like consistent reputation for telling the truth and being above board. So yeah. What's that? What's that face? What could you just actually? Could you just do that face one more time? Okay, perfect. Got that. <laughs> Are you just gonna send these to like the gift people, the 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 gift trolls of Twitter? Like, I feel like that's where that's all gonna go. Uh, for starters, I was just gonna make virtual backgrounds out of them. Um, just kind of do that. Um, that was yeah, my starting point. Yeah. Are you ready to to formally begin this this conversation? Because I feel like oh, Jesus. Christ. Yes, I am. Go ahead. Okay, because this is this is this is the actual part of it that I I wanted people to. It's really hard when I'm staring at myself grimacing like I'm kind of taking a, a firm dump behind you. Yeah, it's the disbelief. Uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. So I started this conversation at the table, and I got to do a lot of. I've I've been able to do a lot of things that I've enjoyed that are fun that are kind of outside the scope of what I was able to do before. And then a couple, maybe about a month ago, I started this conversation where I was in response to the pandemic, to the quarantine, to the self-isolation, whatever the right word is, just to say, we're all not okay right now. That we are dealing with an enormous amount of strain and that shit's hard. Yeah. And, and that, that the the way in which we are responding and connecting with each other is so important. And what I wanted to do was reach out to people that I've had kind of a either a you know kind of bare bones relationship, or whatever, and say let let me give them the same treatment that I would give one of my dear friends or someone that you know I you know a family member that I really care about, and just kind of check in and say. You know, how are you doing? What's going on? Check in on your mental health. I, I mean, I've been pretty um, vocal about mental health struggles and some of the stuff that, that I've been through in the last couple of years. And, and all of that was a facade to get to this point where I could take you into this conversation and sure. berate the ever-loving hell out of you. Oh, no. And oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, oh, and no. yeah. No, no, actually it's all been genuine. Um, but this part's real where I do want, so, so this is going to be divided into two halves on the one. And I'm just going to kind of flip back and forth between the two of them. It's not going to okay. be first half, second half. It's just only two of, halves, not three halves. Well, I, I just wanted to keep track for people. Okay. Two. Not halves. everyone's a, not everyone's a fraction genius like you. Okay. Got it. Go I'm ahead. sorry. Fractional genius like you. Oh, well, you ruined it. Um, you, how are you? 
how the hell are you doing? Because I'm looking at this space. You, despite the fact that you had a poor rating on Room Raider, it's not a terrible space. Um, what has quarantine been like for you? And how, because you've lived a life that is very online. I'm sure that some of the, you're not, you're not disabused of the notion of, of being a, a solitary person. Uh, and yet this has been hard for everybody. So tell me how it is for you. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because um, I, you know, before the pandemic, um, I was already working from home a few days a week when it was, when it made the most sense logistically. So if I was covering a conference um, in downtown DC, it wouldn't make sense to go into Politico's office in Arlington um, and then come back for the conference. So I would work from home that day. Um, and that was and, mostly laziness. Uh, well, again, no, it was just in terms of transportation and everything. Um, but like Politico is very good about understanding that if, if you can get the job done from there, then you can work from there. Just keep up with your editors and all that. So I, you know, I was already working from home maybe two or three days a week before this, um, as some other journalists were too uh, in the newsroom. And so it wasn't the biggest transition for me. I mean, I remember the week that this all went down. Um, I had a meeting a couple, I went into the office on a Monday. We had some meetings. I was already going to work from home the next day. So I did that. And it was, I think the following day when, um, they said, because I had been in San Francisco for a cybersecurity conference where I think two people at that time had tested positive. Um, people who said, were at the conference. Correct. So this was RSA. Uh, which is a cybersecurity conference. This was the last week of February, just to give you a sense of timing. Um, I went to the conference because at that time there was no U.S. spread that we were aware of. And then when I got back, again, a couple days after my last day in the office, which was, I think, March 9th or 11th or whatever, they said, we'd like you to stay home and just isolate for 14 days. My colleague who went with me was also asked to stay home. And it was, I think, maybe the next day or the day after that, that Politico, I, I think I'm getting the timing on this right, not long after that, into, you know, early on in my quarantine, where they said, we're closing down the office, everybody's working from home. But even though I knew intellectually that all this stuff was new, we hadn't tested these procedures, there was seismic change, it actually didn't feel weird for me at first because it was just another week where I was working from home for a few days. Right. And then obviously it becomes, well, you're going to be working from home for the next few months. Right. And now we're sort of, you know, part, part of the way through that. I, I don't want to say halfway or three quarters or whatever, um, but we're part of the way through that. And the biggest difference is there's less variety in my life, which I think is true for a lot of people. For me as a journalist, a lot of the sort of excitement of my day when it comes to actually covering things is going to do going to events. Um, so whether that's going to a hearing in person or going to a conference, um, going to a stakeout, uh, you know, with, with some newsmaker, um, all that kind of stuff is exciting. I get to see my friends who are cybersecurity reporters talk to important people and, you know, do my job. Right. And I like my job. Um, it's not happening anymore. All this stuff is virtual. It happens from one place and that place is right here. Um, and so there's just a different feeling to the workday. Um, having said all of that about how, you know, it, it's, it's not that hard because I'm used to working from home, but then there is this element of sort of consistency that's a little bit dull. I have to say that I have been doing really well because of my connections to my friends, my family, my girlfriend, um, 
you know, I, I have not felt the kind of stress that I know a lot of people are feeling right now. Right. Um, part of that is just, I mean, I'm, I'm very lucky to have the things that I have, you know, a safe, um, you know, an apartment to live in, you know, a job that's not going away. I can afford food. All that stuff, you know, is not a given for a lot of people. Um, and in fact, quite the opposite has been taken away from a lot of people um, through no fault of their own. So I keep that in mind all the time. If I'm having a day where it's like, man, I'd love to be at a conference right now. This is the, you know, 90th day. I mean, not actually, but it's the, you know, whoever knows how many days since the last time I went out to an event. I always try to temper that with like, yeah, but you're working and earning a paycheck. And a lot of people are sitting in their apartments right now wondering how they're going to pay rent next month. So I try to keep that in mind. I don't want people to think that when I say that, I'm telling them to stop experiencing whatever anxiety they're experiencing if they can afford rent. I don't, well, I don't I would, want to say I that. I would never listen to your mental health advice. Yeah, I, I want to be very clear. Um, at the same time, perspective is important. And, and it's, it, I think it's part of building mental health. I think if you are focused on the negatives in your life, to the exclusion of the positives, it's not a holistic sort of check-in with yourself about where you are. And I think, you know, being comprehensive in your thoughts about where I am in life is really important. Um, it's a good sort of guardrail against, um, against seeing yourself as being in a worse place than you are. Um, and so I think that that's what I do personally. Um, you know, like Jared said, neither of us are doctors. Um, I would never let Jared operate on even, you know, my game of operation. So, you know, just to be clear about how I'm much I trust Jared. Operation. I don't think you are, but you know, I, I'm doing pretty well. And I attribute that in large part to the friends I've cultivated. Again, my relationship with my family, my girlfriend, my ability to keep doing my job in a, in a pretty, pretty stress-free environment. I mean, I think we all have those work frustrations, but, um, I'm in a pretty good place and and I'm I know that I'm very lucky to be in a good place. When you described a few moments ago your colleagues who were asking you they said, "Hey, just don't come in for 2 weeks self quarantine." I think I see where you're going with this. Was that the first time colleagues had said, "Please go away?" I know that you project a lot and assume that others are as reviled as you are. Mm -hmm. But in fact, I'm pretty beloved. So I'll just, I think I should just leave it at that. I just assumed that you were the only person for whom social distancing was unnecessary because no one had ever been within six feet of you. Well, again, I, I think, you know, the fact that you haven't, you know, shaken another person's hand in five years doesn't mean that the rest of us weren't getting out there and schmoozing before all this happened. And sure, I, was, I haven't shaken a hand. You haven't been within 500 yards of an elementary school. I mean, all these things are true, but you know, obviously yours are worse. Why would I, why would I want to be within 500 yards of an elementary school? You wanted to that first time. And that's what, what, well, when know, I was, when I was in elementary school, yes, I definitely, I actually really enjoyed going to school mm -hmm. and learning and appreciating the curriculum. So yes, I, I, I know that's what you were talking about. And I, I, I do appreciate you highlighting my educational attainment from Can we from talk about the fact that elementary school for you was like several m months ago? Uh, again, I think the whole premise of this conversation is that I have a job. And so I think that would be hard to do unless it were like a boss baby type situation, which it isn't. 
So are you sure? I see, I see you're, you're, you're very curious about whether it is, and I can promise you that it is not. How do I know that you're not being voiced by Alec Baldwin right now? Uh, I don't really know how to prove that, but I think we both know this isn't what he sounds like. So, um, when we talk about mental health, wow, and... we're really just, we are just ping ponging here. All right. Well, let's, because, let's do it. Because... Alec Baldwin, mental health. Let's do it. Because, well, if, if anyone's a spokesman for mental health, Alec Baldwin, um, um, I, I, so, so one of the things that I love is, is the granularity of a conversation that goes in different places, because I feel like, um, and I was having this conversation with a really good friend the other day about, uh, about horror movies where like, you can't just have horror, 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 you need like something to break it up, like, like a really funny comedy moment. Sure. And that'll keep the horror all the sharper yeah. because of the 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 nature of that. You, you would just get inured to it after a while. You, right. you you couldn't you couldn't possibly. And so, I think about that even in this conversation where I want people to give a damn about the the part we're talking about, which is mental health. But I also want them to know that you are a ridiculous person for mm, whom mockery right. is the only legitimate course of action. Are we going to, is there like a Q and a, can we maybe go to questions from, from other people? Do we have that capability at this point? Well, the, the chat is available. So if people okay. want to, uh, to, uh, put questions in there, uh, and, and, and include them, okay. yeah. I would encourage people to pose questions to either Dave or myself. Uh, and, and we could, uh, we could make sure that that gets done. Yeah. Please folks, if you could ask the questions this so that he doesn't have to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that would that would be Un great unlike you i'm com not comfortable outsourcing my entire role so no that's you know, very clear it's actually very clear that this is all a homegrown operation for you like no nobody is confusing what you're doing with something that anybody else with say talent had a hand in don't worry about that well i do feel like there's this sense of like like this backdrop is like, I'm one notch away from Alex Jones at all times. Like I just have to be really careful. I think that that should be in your Twitter bio and on your book jackets and probably even engraved into your tombstone, like one notch away from Alex Jones at all times. Like, I think that that is sort of the best description of you I've ever heard. And I'm kind of mad that you came up with it. Well, I, I'm fundamentally smarter and more clever than you are, so... I thought you were going to say than Alex Jones is. I was going to, well, I was that's going to also actually true. challenge that a little bit, to be honest. Well, he's a fantastic businessman, as I'm sure we can both appreciate. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure neither of us wants to draw any heat from, from AJ tonight. So, <laughs> I think it's really brave of us to uh, attack someone who is, you know, being sued and I think successfully sued by Sandy Hook families. Like that's... I, is it punching down when it's Alex Jones? I don't know. I don't even know like the etiquette for the comedy here. I'll tell you one thing. I'm not punching anything related to Alex Jones because I like being employed. Thank you. What is, what is the, what is the penumbra of protection around Alex Jones for you? Why do you, why do you fear my, uh, describing him or, you know, d discussing him? I think it's generally safe for someone. Jared, you may not remember what it's like to be, uh, a responsible member of the journalistic profession. No, I, yeah. Because it has been so long for you since well, you yes. were respected by anybody. But we try to avoid doing things that will run afoul of our employer's policies. And so I'm, I'm very conscious of the fact that uh, 
I've got to keep that in mind at all times. What are Politico's policies as regards uh, protection of Infowars? Yeah. So actually, I'm glad you brought that up. I do have here the Politico style book. Um, they don't have a section on Alex Jones. They do have a section on you, which says it actually just says fire at will, um, <laughs> which is interesting because your name is not Will. But I think I understand the message. Um they're actually very keen on me being just brutally honest about you. Um, you you don't qualify for those protections. What what are what are some of the things that you would like to be brutally honest about while we're having this while we're having this discussion? You mean about you specifically? About me specifically? Yeah. Um, I think that you're a rabble rouser. You know, you you rouse rabble, and it's, never never have I been so insulted. And and it's and I mean we we could name the rabble. I mean we could if we wanted to. You know we could go into my my Twitter mentions and we could name the rabble, but I think it's, it's safe to say that, you know, you enjoy, you know, Hey, rabble, come here. I'm going to, I'm going to rouse you. All right. That's you really, you really have you. attached the two words of rabble rousing and you've just kind of repeated them kind of in a circular motion, not unlike, you know, kind of a masturbatory circle jerk, you know, it's, it's, mm. it's Oh, wow. I thought this was a family show. Very rarely. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. That's good to know. Um, let, let's go back. Isn't to your child listening to this in the other room? He's your, your three literal months infant? old. You know, the things I've said in front of him. I mean, this is how it starts. You are going to look back in 20 years and say, where did I go wrong? And I will be there to tell you, I will unfurl a long list. I'll say, well, where do you want me to start? Um, there was when, first you... of all, the idea that a lists would be furled in the distant future is the weakest part of this argument. The second weakest and a very close second is that you and I will still be in touch. And the third weakest part of this argument is that uh, my, my son is, is going to care what you have to say in any context. I don't necessarily know that your son will care. I think you will experience the gnawing anxiety that comes with recognizing a parental failure. And I think yeah. you'll be in a position where you want answers and I'll be there to provide them. While we're talking about parental failures, uh, your uh -oh. father joined Twitter this week. Oh boy! And and that was a surprise to many people, because a most people assume that your father Rod Rosenstein had already been Rod Rosenstein, excuse me, had already been on Twitter. I really liked how you undercut the joke by stopping in the middle of it to correct your pronunciation. That was really both professional and also funny. So I just want to thank you for that, and you can keep going. You're welcome. Go ahead. And keep going. You're welcome. Yep. Because professional and funny are both what I do. Yep. Definitely true. Keep going. And um, so. Oh, you're a little bit flustered there. I can see it. Uh, yeah, um, I can see that you're kind of flustered. How many fathers do you do you have on Twitter right now? I have exactly as many fathers as I've always had, which is one. Hmm. Um, and I really can't speak for anybody on the internet who. Uh, says otherwise uh can i just briefly i just want to briefly pause um i am informed by reliable sources this is just in to uh my family group chat uh that my sister would like a shout out so uh shout out to lisa uh you know what you did what, what did she do no i think that's all we need to say about that i mean that's about as much information as trump gave for obamagate so can you do better than the president please i just gonna so you leave, can't leave do better there. than donald trump is what you're telling me just gonna just just letting that one sit where it is so um, you and the president are the same quality of person again that's really not you know 
It's it's neither what I am or am not saying. So mm-hmm. how about we get to those listener questions? Do we have, do you actually have, is it possible that all of this is just an elaborate practical joke to like tie me up so that I'm not available to do something else? Like, is this just, this is just like a farce, right? Like this, I mean, all, this is just a very elaborate farce. You don't actually have a wife or a child. That was an actor that I saw in that crib earlier. Like, <laughs> like this is, like, there's no, cause I don't have actor I, to be clear. Like, like I don't have the YouTube thing open, so I don't know how many people are watching. I assume that it's no nobody. Like I assume that it's just this is it's, all you trying to like make make me pay attention to you while something important happens over here. Is that pretty much accurate? Well, I I would say that I am not above taking a bribe from like a cybersecurity competitor. Mm-hmm. Is that how do you think that that how do you think our how do you think journalism works? Can we just very briefly just touch on what you think that so would be? So we entail? have some listener questions here. And the first okay. one very is, convenient timing. Is, as soon as uh, I ask you if you understand your profession, you move on to the listener is questions. Ron, who says, um, Dave, when are you going to marry that enchanting young lady? Um, I'm assuming that mm-hmm. he is referring to your girlfriend and not some kind of not uh, like a, a, witch a witch who has warlock. put me under her spell. Yes. That's a, that's a great question. And uh, I, I first, can I just first say to Ron, like, thank you for, you know, constantly being there. Um, and just like, you know, with your presence, just enlivening, you know, this, this conversation, you know, as an example was pretty much dead before we got to that listener question. So um, yes. Ron, I do want to thank you for that. Um, I think that, you know, uh, you know, everything is so important these days. And, you know, for, for you to just ask that question, like everything that is, is so important. Wow. The is... profundities that come out of your mouth. So anyway, yeah. In conclusion, thank you very much, Ron. I appreciate the question. Are you going to answer the question? Uh, great question, Ron. Can't say how much I respect you enough. Like again, just totally there for that. Uh, so. E the boulder says, is that a dead body on your couch? Again, like E the Boulder, thank you for your question. Like, it's such an important question. And like, I mean, in a sense, like all questions are getting at something really profound in our, in the human experience. So I just want to thank you for that, for sure. Are you going to answer any of these questions, listener or, or mine? Or are you uh, just going to- Let's go bluster? to the next, let's go to the next question. Uh, <laughs> uh, which microphone is more overcompensating? I can actually answer that would be yours. Did someone actually ask that? Yes. Uh, this is, you know, a fairly standard microphone, the, the blue, blue Yeti. So people can, you know, Google it. It's a, it's a popular microphone. I don't, I don't know what they're trying to insimulate, but, uh, actually we have another question here, which I think you'll love to answer, which is, sure. okay. uh, yeah. is your name Dave or Eric? I think for yeah. people, for, great for question. Whom that's the, a really the, great question. The internet yeah. is not their first language. Uh, That's a great question. How, Thanks, how did but, and how did you come by the name Eric? Because we all know that Dave is your real name. No, and- it's not. I mean, I I I might just like tweet a picture of my birth certificate. You know, please just to put Actually, this to rest. Your, yeah. while, while we're doing follow up questions, what's your social sure. security yeah. number? Uh, I mean, I, I don't think you you don't think I'm going to answer that, right? Is this just identity theft? Is that what this is? Was this all just a big setup for identity theft? You know how cyber works. This is how most yeah, identity theft happens. No, mostly it's um actually I can go into it if you want. I can explain like business email compromise schemes. Nobody nobody wants to know that answer. Okay, just that's fine. Let's let's go to the next question. Oh, it was about Dave and Eric. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I was born uh, with the name Eric, and that's the name that I still have today. So. And was that Rosenstein or Geller? Uh, it's it's Geller because that's the only family I've ever been in. So I don't know why it would be anything else. I don't know but why you it would be... look like Rod Rosenstein. So this is actually interesting. The origin of this joke, if you will, this little in joke is. Indeed, as you point out, uh, Philip Bump from the Washington Post said that I look like Rod Rosenstein, and eventually it morphed into me being his son, but I think for obvious reasons, you can understand why these days, I kind of prefer the original version of the joke. That you are actually... Correct. Yeah, that I am the the former former deputy attorney general, uh, overseer of the Mueller probe, um, current Twitter uh, user, Rod Rosenstein. That's right. I, yeah, I mean, either joke is good, but I, I do think that there are, you know, and it's unfortunate that that I had so many gifts queued up for uh, the father and son relationship that, that you share. Yeah. Um, and right. we're stuck using this this Zoom technology as opposed to the uh, earlier. Yeah, operation. how did that happen? Do you remember who proposed that we do it this way? Uh, you. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Foiled again by Dave. Um, another question from me, and this is, this is about, uh, just kind of dealing with the, uh, the, the quarantine issue. Um, for me, one of the hardest things is the uncertainty of it. And, and again, I've, I've mentioned, uh, my son, Pistachio Joe, and the idea that, you know, he, he, he was born on the day that the WHO declared a pandemic. So basically his entire life, this has been a problem. He was born on March 11th, the day he everything was changed. Born on January 30th, the day that the WHO declared a pandemic. I thought they declared a pandemic on March 11th. You're wrong. Once again- You know what? I'm going to look this up. Mm-hmm. No, no, go on. That's fine. Go on. Well, you, you've already not listened to me once and then I had to repeat myself. So while you're Googling that- as much as you deserve? While you're Googling that, what song would you like me to sing so that you don't have to worry about a, a, uh, you know, paying attention? Uh, I'm pretty sure that it was declared a public health emergency of international concern on January 30th, but is that the same as pandemic? I thought they were different. In fact, I'm seeing a lot of news articles here saying that March 11th, is the day that they escalated it into being a pandemic. Do, do you trust CNN.com? Is that, is, that a, is that a reliable website for you? I'm not sure. You know, a lot of, a lot of former colleagues who, you know, you know what the president says about them. And so, do you, you know, trust statnews.com? Statnews? That doesn't yeah. sound real. It's a medical website. They write about mm. medical stuff. BBC? BBC.com? Do you trust them? I British mean, Broadcasting didn't we, Company. Didn't we declare independence from them for a reason? I'm pretty sure that there's no reason to. What about who.int? Yeah, no, that's that's the yeah. Hint is is a yeah. really reliable website. So I'm looking right here, and uh, they did in fact make that declaration on March 11th. So it seems like actually you're the one who's who's wrong. So, but anyway, okay. go go on with your. You were talking about your child. Yeah, no, that's fine. While we're talking about who's wrong, I'd like to bring up something else, actually, which is um, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Oh, uh, you know, I actually, uh, geez, no, I got to go. So I, mean, I, I have do, I, I, so many 
Reese's peanut butter cups here that I need to mail to you from listeners who paid good money. Oh. People who decided that they wanted to spend money to prank you. And because of the pandemic, could you please give me your home address is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. Um, I would be happy to do that. Um, it's 1600. Are you right? You're writing this down. I, my hands are full. Yeah, I'll I'll give it to you when you when you're ready to write it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I just there's there's just so much so much difficulty. So we should talk about why. Can I actually just very briefly turn the tables and just ask? Can I ask you a question? You already have. Okay. So what are you gonna? So your 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 listeners, you know, listeners, have given you money in the form of U.S. dollars for candy to send to me i assume that there was some outrageous markup that allows you to recoup some profit here what are you going to do with your ill-gotten gains are you going to buy a better backdrop are you going to you know do that thing where like you pay for friends to sort of just engage with you online to make it look like you're popular what are you gonna are you gonna it's, like it's funny because i feel like people always project their own uh guilty uh, you know, kind of that, that it's almost an admission what you've just said that no, you I, yourself I don't, I don't. pay for friends, maybe even escorts. No, uh, no, no, no. What is the most you would pay for um, someone to hold you? You mean just like to make me feel emotionally like attached to another person? I, I'm just saying that there's probably a markup for that right now during the pandemic. And I so think- I've actually been like legitimately curious about whether there is like a cuddle service because like on the one hand, again, you, have you, to you, imagine- you, you pushed back and said, Oh, this was such an unreasonable question. And it's- here you are I- uh, without even plumbing your search history. I, we, we, the, the admissions are just cascading down like Reese's peanut butter cups on a microphone stand. I, I think that there must be a market for emotional support in unconventional ways. But the problem is if you cuddle with somebody, you could give them the coronavirus and Mm -hmm. it's not, you know, and cuddle, cuddle, cuddlers, cuddle factories. I don't know. Cuddle, cuddle specialists are not essential businesses. So they're not allowed to reopen in DC yet. So you got to imagine that that's going to happen at some point, but it's probably going to be pretty far down the line. Right. I mean, what, what would you think? As someone who's actually frequented a cuddle parlor, like what would you guess is first of all? Uh, no, 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 no. Just the, let me just keep going. Don't interrupt. What would you guess is the time frame for reopening establishments like the one that you were regularly seen entering? I am offended that you thought wasting everyone's time by asking that question was worthwhile. Oh, okay. Move- so, so, but, but this entire experience isn't a waste of everybody's time. Got That's it. I correct. just wanted to clarify that. Okay. So let's talk about what you did. Is that a jumbo I, size or a regular size? This is a regular size Reese's. Oh, wow. They company. wouldn't even, your listeners wouldn't spring for a, for a jumbo size. That's, that says more about you and the quality of your work than anything else. I think. Do people understand why I'm mailing you these? Do you want to tell people why? Do you want to just fess up to the crime? Because you've already admitted that you're a cuddle pervert and that you're not allowed within 500 yards of elementary schools anymore. Well, I never said either of those two things. So just want to clarify so that. So I was on pool duty 
for White House pool duty, which basically meant that I was stuck traveling with in a with, swimming with, pool. You were with, wherever the president while went. you should have been working. Yeah. And there was a candy dish. Are you just trying to brag that you used to be like within 100 feet of the president? Is that what this is? And there was a candy dish. And I and I said, you know, you know, it'd be a great way to make a better friend. Actually, this isn't how it happened, but and 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 I, I sent a photo on the Twitter, and you said you would be interested in that Reese's peanut butter cup. And I mailed you that Reese's peanut butter cup. I mailed it to you, Dave. And what did you do with it? It was it was smushed when it when it arrived, so I threw it out. You threw it away. It was it was smushed. How smushed? Very very smushed. Under what circumstances is Reese's peanut? It was still wrapped. I wouldn't even go so far as to guarantee that, to be honest. And so you discarded our friendship. You made a choice. And this is where we are now. If you if you went back in time and told me where this was going to lead to this I, moment, I a thousand percent would have eaten that instead. To this I would have, moment, I, yeah, I would have eaten that immediately. Where where I've got, oh my Reese's. god, they actually got like the Costco like bulk pack for you. Wow, that is, I mean, I mean, is, I'm going to send this one to you after I've smushed it. See, I feel like that has to violate terms of service. Like, there's no way that that kind of behavior is allowed on Zoom or YouTube. I actually think that if I were, like, an attractive woman, me doing that could get, like, an OnlyFans account. I mean, for sure, there are ASMR channels that do exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, actually, I'm not going to do it, but you can probably guess what what it's like. So let's talk about our friendship, which is now a smushed Reese's peanut butter cup. Can we go back to mental health? Yeah. Okay. Always. Okay. Because it's really important. Yeah. The question I was going to ask you earlier was, is there anybody, one of the things that's been really tough for me is I've been thinking about people I've lost touch with or people that I've wanted to reconnect with Mm -hmm. and there's been so much reconnecting and so much checking in in this moment and yet there are still some people for whom that it's it's too emotionally hard it's too it's too difficult for me and i and and i just is there anyone like that for you where there's there's been this you feel this extra ramp up of societal pressure to reach out and connect with somebody and yet there's somebody for whom it's just too hard well i i thought that was like leading up to some some kind of joke but uh that was very heartfelt um thank you yeah no that was a good question oh you want me to answer it that's how that's how questions work oh that one was for me well okay um they're actually all for you. I don't understand. Like you're the person who's being interviewed. 
I would really call this an interview. I would, I would call it more of an enhanced interrogation if we're being honest. It, honestly, I would, I would definitely go within six feet of you if it meant that I could torture you. Mm, well, I think, uh, we're all very glad that that's never going to happen. I mean, you're very glad, but I think that, you know, certainly the streamer population would be much happier. The streamer population? Well, the people who would be watching this. The streamer population. You know. You're not very good with words, are you? It's just my entire business. Well, it used to be. How dare you? It, it, Do you want to answer my heartfelt question, or are you just going to, like a smushed going to ignore it no i mean i think i'll answer it um fortunately i can say that there really aren't people who for whom you know me reaching out to them is like a bridge too far right now for whatever reason and uh again going back to what i said earlier about being in a really privileged fortunate position um i'm not currently experiencing any of that you know discomfort or anxiety about reaching out to people so um what are you feeling anxiety? like what is the yeah because for me the anxiety i i feel it in two places i i have this one feeling that's like above the stuff it's like um like the sternum the xiphoid process right at the the center of the collarbone and it just feels like pressure and then there's this other feeling i get and again i've dealt with anxiety and you know clinical anxiety where i just want to like scratch the skin right off it, like literally yeah. those are how it manifests for me what are the um where do, where does yours live i don't really know that i can define it precisely um i think everybody who works in a competitive field is always worried that they are not performing as well as other people yeah. Um, and that's certainly part of it in the day to day, um, looking at other people who are doing a great job and feeling like maybe you don't measure up to them. And maybe everybody around you has this mental list of who is the best at what you're doing and you're at the bottom. And listen, somebody's got to be at the bottom, right? If you were to make a list of everybody who does a particular thing, you know, sorted by best to worst, somebody has to be at the bottom of that list. And so I think in competitive fields like journalism, what I have heard from talking to my friends is that does happen. People feel like, well, maybe, maybe I'm at the bottom of that list. Yeah. And obviously there's no such thing as an objective list because everybody's going to rank it differently. Um, obviously everybody, you know, when you were a journalist, everybody would put you at the bottom. But other than that, right. you don't really have that unity of, um, of how people, you know, esteem others right or evaluate others well i mean i guess it's both a blessing and a curse because a yeah yes i was absolutely at the bottom but b yeah, i have enough you were. self you know like self-confidence that i didn't give a shit so it was kind of and that was very clear it, it was very clear i will just say like as somebody who occasionally would have you know your former employers you know satellite radio station tuned in in the car when like the dial broke and I couldn't change it. Like right. it was very clear that you were not worried about what other people thought of you. Yeah. yeah. Like you were very confident in what you were doing and you know, you were not going to change just because, you know, the Pulitzer committee called you execrable. Like just because that was the prelude to their award ceremony that year, like that didn't bother you. And I've always respected say, that about you. I will say this, and this is this is taking your joke, but actually 
being brutally honest about about something that's genuinely very hard, which is uh, I it was so hard for me in the aftermath of losing that job because it was like you're talking about, you know, everyone's got this list and everything. I think there is a certain sense, especially in the a field like journalism, and I think there are a lot of other fields like journalism, where it becomes a big portion of your identity. Yes. And I definitely felt like it was like my personality was subsumed somehow underneath the the the, the role that I was playing. But that was the hard part. The easy part for me was doing what I did even though it got me, you know, to a position where I lost the job, yeah, I would never change the things that I did because I knew at every phase that I was doing the right thing. And I actually have said to, to, uh, to a lot of people, uh, and I would say it here, you know, for, for whoever, whoever, you know, gives a damn, I hope that everyone's moral choices are that easy because it was very clear to me in that moment what they wanted from me and that doing it was not something I was willing to do. And I just, I, I really hope that everyone's moral choices are that easy. And I know that they're not. And I know that especially in a, in a field like ours where, well, yours and, and my former, uh, you know, where, where people kind of play fast and loose with the rules, it's not always easy, but I, I, I think that, that, yeah, I, I just, there's never been a moment where I knew, didn't know that what I did was the right thing. And that's, that's a powerful thing to hold on to. And I'll just say like, can we actually, can we just like pause the stream for one second? Can you just like take us offline? Uh, okay, great. So, so we're offline now, just between us, like I do genuinely admire your just like refusal to put up with BS and refusal to misrepresent things as something that they aren't. And uh, I think it was really like that. You talk about like putting your money where your mouth is. You did it. So anyway, we can, we can, you know, you can resume the stream now, but like, yeah. you know, yeah. Dave is terrible. Oh, well. Oh, yeah. I just, you know, for the people who are, you know, to get what they were expecting. Right, right, right. Do we have any more listener questions? I'd really prefer to go back to questions from somebody else. Uh -huh. um yeah let, let me uh people want me to waterboard you a lot of people oh. saying oh waterboard dave waterboard mm. eric waterboard no. dave oh god uh is he un-american if he hates reese's oh i see i feel like you're making these up because you know that i don't have the youtube chat pulled up and so <laughs> i would really like it if you could just ask like real questions from them um people asking about is any of the cuddling thing legal yeah again i i think like some some questions from the chat like yeah hey, let's talk about star wars can we talk about star wars star i love star wars like i'm happy to chat about that at any time of the so, day or night so yeah i i think it's really important that we talk about it and and for me i think it was really brave of them uh, a season and a half ago to go with a female doctor i was not anticipating that choice and i think that it was really important you're thinking of Doctor Who, which is a BBC. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I was talking I, about Star Wars. No, the, oh, you're, a, you're right. You're the, right. I yeah. think it was really, you know, it was still a brave thing. I think it's really brave of them to reboot the series with an older captain in a winery who, 
you know, you're, you're going to see some stories. You're going to have see him reconnect with old friends. Yeah. Again, but- sorry. I just, can I just interrupt for just that Star Trek? There's, there's Stargate, Star Wars, Star Trek. I'm talking about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Well, I, okay. So yeah. I think, again, bravery. I think it's really brave that even though the series concluded only about 10 years ago, that they're going to remake Battlestar with the uh, with a, a totally new cast and a totally new. Uh, you know, I don't think that's true. I don't think they are doing that. Are you just gonna Google it again, you little piece? Are of they shit? wait? Are they actually doing that? They're they're rebooting Battlestar. Are you just gonna Google it again? This is the birth of my child all over again. Don't don't one finger me. Oh my God, they are. Wow. How dare you one finger me? Oh wow. Oh. Hold on. I'm just gonna now I'm on the I'm on the Wikipedia page for the the reboot. So I'm just gonna read through this. Oh no, I'm sure everyone is really fascinated by you reading a Wikipedia page. Cylons. Oh, I didn't realize that have you ever been a Wikipedia editor? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Have you ever been like a like a what are, what are the moderator tiers? Oh, like a grand I'm sorry, wizard or something? Did you say Wikipedia or Wookiepedia? Well, I think we all know that which the answer is yes to. So, yeah, no, I've edited a lot of Wikipedia articles. I've only edited a handful of Wikipedia articles. And what are what are the um, and when you edit the members of Congress? Uh, Wikipedia articles to I, say I, terrible things about them. I don't do that, just mm-hmm. to be clear. So, well, somebody's do doing it, and it's probably you. I don't you're a bad person. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who could be doing that. I'm not one of them. How about we go back to the listener questions? Um, what's the most babies for Star Wars movie? I don't even know what that question. What's the most babies for a Star Wars movie? I don't think that's what's English. What's the most four babies star? Oh, what's the oh. most four babies? It's not the okay. So it's okay, not. They're yeah. not proposing an exchange rate. Yeah, I read the question wrong. They're not proposing an exchange rate where, although I think this was the original Lucas plan, you you convert babies into successful films. Sorry, can we just? That's that's what PizzaGate told me. You, you you can't write, and now apparently you can't read. What did, what's it that you did? Like what? What did you do? It's you mostly just hair. I will say this, like it's good hair. Huge 45-year-old retiree energy. Like I am ready to sell you a timeshare and suggest an awkward four-way. Like this is exactly what this is. Like you could absolutely star in a sitcom as like midlife crisis dad at this point. Yeah. The hair is good, is what you're saying, and I appreciate the compliment. Um, the um, le- so you want let, let's let's finish with some actual Star Wars discussion. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, you like Star Wars. I do. Um, what about it do you like? Because I I have liked it less and less. Oh, interesting. I like the fact that you can tell virtually any kind of story because of how rich and believable the setting is. And I like that in recent years, um, Lucasfilm has not been afraid to try new types of stories. And you got to try to figure out what will succeed and what will fail. You'll never know until you try. Um, We've seen 
a lot of great TV content, um, a lot of great literature, several very good movies, several not so good movies, but they were always trying to do something new. And I would wager to, you know, pretty strongly that a lot of the people who are criticizing just the attempt uh, are primarily interested in fiction that doesn't leave the safe confines of a comfortable, you know, story. Is that is that kind of an inherent problem though? Because I feel like you have a fan base. The wider the fan base is, the more the expectation is for you know a hom- homogenous experience, and then you're you're naturally funneling people into similar stories because you're appealing to that wider audience. Can I guess the the question that that is, can you only have great entertainment that's niche? I think you can have great entertainment. That's part of a non-niche project if it is um, specifically handled in a niche way. So what do I mean by that? So uh, a TV special, um, a book or a comic series, uh, something that is geared toward a particular type of fan of that broader universe. Um, It's harder to do with the movies because the movies are really the main product that is aimed at everybody. Um, You know, I think that, you know, the books and comics are nominally supposed to be for everybody, but um, they tend to get most of their conversation going among people who are already fans, and that's fine. You know, different products are going to appeal to different groups of fans. Um, I think that's why we've seen some struggles with the movies, is because there's that pressure to be um, everything to everybody. And uh, frankly, I think they've seen more success in in other formats. Um, I I really enjoyed uh, Force Awakens and Last Jedi, um, and I I enjoyed things about Rogue One. And, uh, you know, here's hoping that the next movie will take some of the lessons learned and incorporate them into, you know, the, the, the lessons learned were learned for a reason and they need to incorporate them into the next movie so that they don't have some of the problems that we've seen so far. While I was struggling to stay awake during your answer, I realized that I think it's reasonable for us to discuss who is the bigger nerd mm. of the two of us. Sure. Yeah. A discussion that I am prepared for. Uh, okay. You yeah. are a Star Wars nerd. Yes. I am, I would say, a gaming nerd, first and okay. foremost, like video games. Yeah. You have the neck beard. Games. Like, for sure, I can see you like saying inappropriate things that would get your Twitter account deleted. Like you have that whole aesthetic going on for sure. Yeah, but I mean, I should. Are you actually, are you, are you in a basement right now? No, this is the ground floor of my home. Oh, the ground floor. Okay, yes. Okay, sure. That's what, okay, basement. But okay, go ahead. It's not, it's not the basement. Sure, that's fine. The basement is where my collection of Amiibo live, but that's a separate question. Go on. Um, no, but I, so who's the bigger nerd here? I'm just trying to, just trying to. Yeah, uh, for sure. Parse that out. I mean, this bookshelf right here, this one right here, which you mm-hmm. didn't see on TV is just that's just all star wars books so so i have a shelf like that that's filled with board games it's like about that size yeah it probably has about 40 or 50 board games on it. i would say a board game is a more mainstream thing than like a star wars reference book about the evolution of the stormtrooper you think that board games and star wars 
you think that Star Wars isn't the most like you're a fan of Dave Matthews basically when it comes. Uh, no, but see, because these books, I mean, this is like eight levels down in obsession. This is not, oh, I bought the movie on Blu-ray. This is like, I have the 21 book series. Actually, I don't have it here. It's at my parents' house, but I have the 21 book series of like the extra galactic invaders coming in and they're immune to the force and they have to figure out like, I, I have all that from the nineties. Like mm-hmm. I have all the art of books right here. I have like the making of stuff. Like, I mean, we could, you know, we could go through it one by one. Like, do you ever feel like you need to like keep those intact in case your relationship ever becomes too serious so that you can kind of end it immediately by you know showing this collection off. Oh, she's she's seen it many times. She's she's been here. She she we've talked. We're talking about the books or or. She's seen these books. Oh, okay. Every time she's been. You, in this, you said in she's this. seen it many times, and I just. Wasn't I mean, sure. this. It's probably just to be the clear, books. like I'm, it, it's she probably knows the books that I have these books. So. It's probably the books that she's seen many times. I mean, it's it's. They're sitting on a shelf. It She's would be seen hard. It many times, I, I get it. It would be very it. difficult for she anybody who's in this room. It. She has seen to it. To not times. see the books on the shelf. That's all I'm saying. I'm just She's just seen to be clear. Times. Just want to be very clear. How many times that. has she seen it since quarantine began? You know, I think this is supposed to go for an hour, right? My last question for you is, and something that I've been asking everyone as part of this "Not Okay Together" series is um, because this is at the table and because I think about food and because I think a lot about hospitality, what is the what is the piece of food in your house that you are least excited to eat? It would be, if you are unable to go out and get more food, it'll be the last thing that you eat. Um, I have like a Newman's own personal pizza in my freezer. That sounds terrible. What uh, what toppings are on this pizza? It's just a cheese pizza. Like it's just it's a very basic like emergency. Like oh no, I don't have anything else for dinner. Like it's it's that. But it's Paul Newman's pizza. I mean, it's a Newman's own brand pizza. Yes. Well, it's it's Paul Paul Newman is the Newman. It's not Wayne Knight from Seinfeld. It's not. No, it's although Paul that Newman. would frankly yeah. be a better pizza. Where where is your brain? Like where where is it? And can you put it back? So if we ever see you tweeting about eating Paul Newman's pizza, that's when we know things have really gone bad in your house. That's when you'll know that I just got asked by Jared Rizzi to be on at the table again. Well, Derek, I really hope that you have a lot of joy ahead of you, even though we're in self-isolation and quarantine. And I thank you for sharing a little bit of the, the, the joy with me and for coming on. And I really hope that um, your girlfriend sees it again soon. I, I, I cannot tell you how uh, thrilled uh, I am that this is over. Eric Geller is um, the uh, chief cyberman uh, at uh, at uh, Politico, I think that's that's your official title, right? No. Cyber, no. cyber master. Nope. Cybersecurity reporter. There you go. At Politico, and also um, a halfway decent human being. Could you give out my Twitter handle too? I you you told me that this was the price of doing this was you would promote my Twitter account. So it's at 
Dave Rosenstein. Mm, nope. Nope. That's not it's right. At Derek Reese's Smusher. Nope. That's also incorrect. It's uh, I'm pretty pretty sure it's at Star Trek Fan sixty nine double X. Nope. That's not right. Uh, it's it's I don't know how more of how many more of these I. I have a three-month-old that I'm not yeah. capable of keep I, riffing. I, I can see your brain is is already starting to ooze out of your ears, so maybe we should just... At Eric Geller. Thank you. Uh, a name that I assume you stole from the cadaver you found when you when you killed that man. I found... So I killed... Hold on. I killed a man and then found a cadaver. Is it a different... It was, is two, it, it was is it, two Okay, so I incidents. killed a man. I was like... Two. And then I'm walking down the street and then... Oh! <laughs> Well, that's weird because I just left one of those. <laughs> yes. So that's what you're saying. Okay. That's exactly how it happened. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's that's the real Eric Geller. What? Why did I? Why did I agree to do this? At the table is a podcast that if you decide you uh, think you want to support, it has a Patreon. Uh, there's a link in uh, somewhere. I, Again, was trying to do this in another fashion where the link would be available. I'll be in the chat for a little while after. Um, Dave, you are also welcome to uh, peruse the chat if you have even more free time on your hands. Or if you need to go read a story about uh, stormtroopers, uh, I totally understand that as well. Um, but again, at the table, my podcast, Eric Geller, halfway decent human being. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. <laughs>